Thank you for joining us for episode 369 of Live Happy Now. June is Pride Month, and that seems like a great time to revisit the topic of unity. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm talking with Wes Schmidt, co-host of the Two Bottles Deep podcast, which is designed to open up conversations between the gay and straight communities. Wes has been connecting people his entire life, and his podcast has picked up an unexpected following thanks to its honest, open, conversational approach. Let's hear what he has to say about how listening really can build a bridge and create more unity. Wes, welcome to Live Happy Now. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you because you and I get to talk every now and then, but we never get to talk on the air. Yeah, super excited. I wanted to bring you on because as we were looking at June, we did not want to ignore pride. It's something I wouldn't say we've ignored it in the past. We just haven't celebrated it with Live Happy. And it was something we really felt was important for us to do this year. And the first thing I thought of was Wes Schmidt. Because, you know, you got a podcast called Two Bottles Deep, and we're going to talk about the genesis of that. But you are all about unity and bringing people together. And that's been a huge focal point for Live Happy, especially this past year. We dedicated Happiness Month to the theme of unity. And so I thought, what better way to celebrate pride than to talk about unity and all the things that you are doing with it? So to talk about that, I wanted to find out kind of your backstory of why bringing people together is something that's so important. You do it so well in many different areas, but why did this become such a mission for you? You know, I grew up in a small conservative town in central Illinois. And looking back, I knew since fourth grade that I was gay, but I couldn't tell anyone. I didn't feel comfortable telling anyone because I thought I was the only one. So it wasn't until 2009 or 10 that I came out and I finally accepted, you know, I didn't choose this life, but I'm finally going to choose to be happy. And that's when I told my family back home. And again, that's skipping ahead a long way, but going back to the beginning, I was always that person that brought all the neighborhood kids together, riding four wheelers, playing football, playing baseball, building a fort. You know, I grew up in the country. So looking back, thanks to many years of therapy, (laughs) looking back, I was always that kid just wanting to be accepted because when I told people who I was, I was not going to be accepted. So I think my training started just internally. Once I told people I was not going to be welcomed. And, And that's a feeling I had since I was in fourth grade. Now you have to understand where I come from. My hometown is great. They're accepting of me. It's come a long way, but we're going back to the early 1980s. Yeah. They didn't like black people. They didn't like brown people. They didn't like gay people. (laughs) And it's this whole era of the people that grew up when Eisenhower was president. I mean, he signed an executive order in 1953 that banned homosexuals from serving in the government. So these are people from that era, right? My grandparents, my parents, all of that. Fast forward, everybody is very accepting to me. My mammer, who I talk about a lot in social media and in my podcast, she's my last remaining grandma. She's been very supportive and people are coming forward. And it is because that unity. I go at it as a way of trying to understand where my parents were. You know, it took me years and 28 years to come out. Yeah, I knew it was going to take them some time to come around, right? 
It right. wasn't me this. You have two weeks to accept me or I'm going to disown you, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. And I feel my community sometimes does that. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that is part of it, that the community, like both sides have to be willing to give the other side time and space. When you yeah. come out to your family, to your friends, whatever, there's some processing that's required. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people be very disappointed by the reaction of their family. They were kind of braced for it. They knew it wasn't going to be great. And see people be very hurt and surprised that there's not this immediate acceptance. And it right. can take a time. It can take, it can be minutes or it can be weeks or it can be years. Or it could never happen. Yeah. And that's important. We've interviewed some great people and Unfortunately, sometimes the parents just never come around. There are some times where suicide is prevalent. We got to right. talk about that. I have a friend in Austin, her best friend from grade school and high school. He came out to his parents who happened to be super religious and he is no longer with us. So it's really sad that they can only visit his grave now because they didn't come around. And that was years and years and years. So those are all good points. We have to give people time and grace and space. And it's a window into an opportunity. My parents' best friends, they've watched me grow up. I've grown up with their kids. They told me after I came out, they said, you're the first gay person we know. And it's not at all what we thought. Oh, that's fantastic. They saw the movies, you know, so it's also trying to eliminate stereotypes. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in, I think I was in college when this happened, my mom was very upset that the Methodist church would allow gays to attend and they, they could serve in some capacity, not as a pastor, but they could serve. And my mom was very upset and started a petition that she took around our small town and went to a man who she respected very much. He was very high up in our church. And he said, I'm not going to sign this because my son, Jeff, is gay. And he said, I would never do that to him. And my mom had a complete turnaround because she's like, if this man who's a godly man who worships in the same church that she does and he can have this insight, maybe she should take a step back and think about it. And that worked out really well for me years later, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but she did. And that's what it took was someone saying, no, it's not what you think. Tell me a little bit about Two Bottles Deep. Tell us about the format and tell me how it all came about. I have an amazing co-host. His name is Philip Hedrick. <laughs> and he is by far one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's quick-witted. He's caring. He's kind. We met five or six years ago. We can't remember at a Sunday fun day here in Nashville. Now he grew up here. I moved to Nashville eight years ago. So it was just, I think, a matter of time before our social circles connect. Our podcast started in April of 2021. So it wasn't that long ago. We had been friends for four or five years. And then I had this idea after COVID hit, I'm like, God, a podcast would be super fun, but what do I talk about? And it come down to he and I sitting, having a few drinks at our friend Stacia's house. And as we kept drinking, we had really good conversation about great topics now, to me, it was just day-to-day -day talking, just friends cutting up, we're laughing, we're crying, we're talking about light issues, dark issues from being in the closet so many years. And then Stacia looked at us and she's like, y'all need a podcast, call it Two Bottles Deep. 
because we were two bottles deep into something. (laughs) And it started that way. That's how it started. And I had to talk him into doing it. He could do stand-up comedy. He's right. I'm surprised that you had to talk him into it because he's always on. (laughs) He is on point all the time. Anyway, long story short, we started this podcast April 28th of 2021. And it has grown. We're like, wow, people are listening. Our whole podcast, we want to bridge the gap between the gay and straight communities. That does encompass the LGBTQIA, right? So we have pretty much everyone on. We've had Republicans on. We've had, we call it rednecks to rainbows. We've had the whole, (laughs) (laughs) we did one on gun control after a a recent shooting. And then we're going to have follow-ups to that because we want to talk to gun owners. We want a civil conversation. He and I both voted Democrat, but we had a gay Republican on and we wanted to know why. And it was a very civil conversation. I learned a lot. We had great listener interaction. We had a conversation. It was that simple. It wasn't hostile. We didn't blame each other about the gas prices or Columbine or whatever. You didn't get any fights on the air. No, No fights. So we want to bridge the gap. We want people to learn. And we hear so much feedback from TikTok to people sliding into our DMs, as they say, emails, texts, calls about, wow, I didn't agree with that person, but I learned so much. Or, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or we are getting viewer feedback that says, hey, my husband hates our gay son, but he loves our other kids. And that's powerful stuff. When we hear these comments, when we get these emails, when we get these texts, that's when we're really motivated to do more. And I think what's so fantastic about what you're doing is you're having that conversation. And to your point, it's funny. You laugh, you cry, you get into issues, and it's so civil. There's no hate speak. There's no animosity that's generated. And even if someone doesn't agree with your point of view, it's not like you're trying to change someone's mind. You're just explaining This is where I come from. Like when you had Bobby and Eric on talking about becoming adoptive parents as gay parents for someone that doesn't understand that for someone in the straight community who's like, that's just not right. I think hearing that kind of love, that kind of what they have to offer and their motivation behind it is a complete game changer. I think too often when people get upset about homosexuality, it's because they're thinking of sex. They're not thinking about this day to day. This is just our interaction. This is we love each other. We care for each other. We do these things for one another and have this sweet relationship. They don't think of it that way. And your podcast really takes that edge off and presents it. It humanizes the community in a way that I think television shows don't coverage of the pride parade doesn't you put that very human you know boy or girl next door spin on it right and it's funny you bring up pride parades when i came out i don't know what people expected me to start wearing (laughs) start doing i didn't you know it's these stereotypes we had two episodes last year on pride we had team philip and team wes and I'm not against what people want to wear of any type of festival. It could be a Renaissance festival. It could be, you know, pride festival, for example, you're going to see every color, (laughs) every style of clothing, every speedo, every speedo (laughs) qualified or not, you're going to see it. And (laughs) Paula, honestly, I had a big problem with that. And it wasn't hiding who I was. 
I guess I'm classified as more of a masculine gay man who loves the country life and loves to boat and fish and all this stuff. But who am I to take away from someone's celebration and in what color their hair is and what they want to wear and how they want to act time and time again, even from our own community, I hear, well, that person's just too gay. And I hear that from (laughs) gay people. Right. You're not buying their clothes. That's not coming out of your pocket. Let's be happy. Let's be proud for them. And Philip really had to teach me that, honestly, because I was anti-pride parade. It does not show the part of the community I'm in. I had a problem and I want, you know, our straight allies or even straight people that may not be an ally yet. I want them to know I had a big problem with our community, the way we were represented in the news. And do you think that the bridge is working? Do you think that the straight and gay communities are getting closer together? I hope they are. We have a lot of straight religious listeners that email in. Oh, it's it blew our minds. I started to listen to podcasts once we decided to do one. And the gay podcast, it's almost like the Pride Parade. They didn't speak to me. Right. They were funny. They were good. But it was either too much about sex or drinking It was just over the top. So we wanted something that was actually going to bridge the gap. And I do think it's working. We want to learn too. We're going to make mistakes on our podcast all the time, but we're also going to correct those and learn and move forward. I think if we did that in everyday conversation, I think the world would be a better place. And I think that's what's important. You're not coming at it as we're an expert and here's what we think and here's why you should think that. You're taking us on this journey, this learning journey with you, where it's like, this is something that is interesting. It's happening. It confuses us too. Come on along and let's discover this together. That's such a powerful, safe approach too, because someone that doesn't necessarily want to take that journey alone will let you take them by the hand and go there with you. Do you think that as people find common ground in this area, Will it help them become more accepting in other areas, such as political views or these hot button issues? Because I can't say enough. What I love about your podcast is the unity that it creates and the acceptance of different thoughts, of different beliefs and different structures. It's it's like, it doesn't have to be my way or your way. And we don't have to hate each other because we don't agree. Do you think like if we start with this, can we start bridging some of these other divides that seem to just be so deep and so wide right now. Absolutely. Overall, it's just, we're in a rattled world. It's easy to jump to a conclusion. It's easy to speak your mind because we're set in our ways. I think I'm right about gun control and the second amendment, but I'm probably not, but in my head I am, but it's important for me to listen to my friends who are responsible gun owners to get their point of that to get their side and to why they have a gun and, and whatnot. So, you know, and I have to work on it every day. I have to work on sitting back, listening, taking in information, processing that, but really just having a, an honest conversation with people and being compassionate. Wes, you're always such a bright light. I appreciate everything that you're doing. You make this world a better place and, and we need more people like you. That was Wes Schmidt talking about building unity between the gay and straight communities. If you'd like to follow Wes on social media or learn more about his podcast, visit our website at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. And as part of Pride Month, we're offering 20% off the entire Live Happy store. 
check out our great pride t-shirt as well as our mental health buttons and our live happy hats just enter the promo code love is love and claim your 20 percent discount that is all we have time for today we'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode and until then this is paula phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one Thank you.